Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always with me is Rob Langevin. How are things going, Rob? Good, Kev. You know, we're trying to squeeze in an extra week here on everybody because they, they like to stack up games and we don't have enough time to research and do all our due diligence for all our fantasy listeners out there. So we're coming to you in a, with an abbreviated uh, podcast this week, but we're going to have the same amount of good information and hopefully we help steer someone into some fantasy glory. Yeah, this is very ad hoc. Woke up to a text from Rob being like, shouldn't we do a show today? It's like, oh, crap. I mean, yeah, I guess we could. Um, I'm doing fairly well. I went to my first ever full-blown Oscars party last night with a girl that I don't particularly even know that well. Uh, and it was very strange. I had a couple friends texting me throughout being like, what's it like? And what I said was it was like a bizarro world where this had replaced sports. Because not only were the Oscars on and it was weird and super prolonged and longer than the Super Bowl, which one of my female friends uh, mentioned. She's like, well, I had to sit through the whole Super Bowl. And I was like, this was longer. The Super Bowl was just over four hours. This was five. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's my defense for that. But also I got so, there. So, yeah. So at the, at the end of the party, did you give her your acceptance speech? <laughs> no, I was tired as hell. Um, but it blew my mind because not only are people there to watch the thing, just like guys go to watch the sports, but mm-hmm. also they had betting yeah, going on per thing. And there was like a fantasy style thing for like picking like a percentage of each thing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had their sheets and had their like predictions on it. And whoever won it won a prize. Like this is fantasy celebrity watching. Nice. It blew my mind. Everything's a competition now, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what How, to say. <laughs> it's like one guy that played fantasy finally actually explained it well to his wife, and he's like, "It's how I know I'm better than my friends at something." And she's yeah, like, cool. "This is the best idea." <laughs> oh my god, we'll involve that and baking, and I'll make some cheese puffs, and we'll have a blowout. Yeah, it was dope. The food was great. I was, you know, and it was just, I honestly felt like this is what girls feel like at sports things. Well, girls that don't care about sports. Plenty of girls love sports. But just sitting there like, I don't care about any of this. I didn't see these movies. Just like other people didn't see like previous regular season games coming into the playoffs. So they're like really invested. And I'm just like, oh, cool. I've heard of that, dude. Great. But, but, girl, but girls love to gamble. They love to bet on things because when mm. they want to think they can win money, it's like, ooh, I can get a new Gucci purse if I win. Mm. Also, it's similar with the sale thing. It yeah. works on me as well because I am not entirely a man. Um, but like if something's 20% off, you're like, oh, I'm saving like 50 bucks. Like, but you're also spending like 150. 
that's not exactly how that works. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was a very strange experience for me and thought people may enjoy listening to that. There's even fantasy Oscars, um, <laughs> which caught me by surprise, but everybody wants to do it. So anyway, we're glad that we get to talk about soccer. Uh, and we will do so starting now. Uh, Rob, you said you want to talk about Marcus Rashford a little bit? Of course. I mean, he's on the tip of everybody's, you know, fantasy uh, tongue now because based on his performance, he got four goals in the last week, you know, two over two over the weekend in actual Premier League uh, games. You know, his price tag, Kev, people are making him fit into their rosters because he's providing stats and his 4.5 price tag currently which is destined to go up because of his transfer rate, which is obscene because it's over four thousand transfers in an hour since the <laughs> game last United since the United game. It's over four thousand. It's over four thousand. He's over sixty thousand transferred in since yesterday's game. That's 60, insane. Is, 60, is that the 000. fastest rise this year? I mean, Mahrez and Vardy were probably close. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have those kind of numbers. But he's got sixty thousand transfers in since yesterday's game. Nice. That is an obscene amount of of. Uh, confidence in a player who's not only well, I maybe he can definitely drink in England, but he can't drink in my house because he's not 21, and I don't condone the <laughs> delinquency of minors. Yeah. But did you hear him saying he wasn't able to celebrate after the match because he had a yeah. chemistry exam to study for? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's a, he seems like a good, honest kid. I mean, he just you know, but from a fantasy perspective, Kev, is he somebody who you would actually have some kind of trust in and take a gamble on over the cane? The Vardys, the Agueros, the Kakus, or any of the other top forwards for your fantasy team? I would not take them over those guys. But here's a situation that I find myself in, which I think is particularly relevant, is I still have a Gallo. Not really by will, <laughs> but because uh, I waited too long to hop on the Vardy train. Uh, and now I'd have to make basically three moves to get him in. Mm-hmm. So the idea of switching to somebody like Rashford to tide me over until I have until I hit when I wanted to use my wild card, mm-hmm. is actually pretty appealing. You, Everybody should know this is a very short-term deal because he's not starting over Martial once he's back in fit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a possibility that they play together, but with how Depay's been playing, you'd assume he'd probably get that look. Uh, but in the short term, I mean, you don't, you don't hate it, I suppose. Obviously, you are going to run into a, a couple of weird fixture things. Obviously, they're missing match week 30, and you and I talked about this uh, this morning, of why did their match week 35 match get canceled? My best guess is because Manchester United surprisingly kept going in the Europa League, but that didn't change what Tottenham's schedule is, and that's a bit late. That's probably after that round happens, because those matches, I think, are March 10th and 17th, so I don't know why that got moved around. The next four weeks aren't particularly the best. Watford and West Brom both have serviceable defenses, then a blank in 30, then City in 31, Everton 32, Spurs in 33. So you don't particularly love those, but if he's starting up front for United, he he's already did it against Arsenal, which is, I think, the second best defense in the league. Second, yeah, speak. they're second now, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> if he's done it against them, you, I think you can trust him on a gamble against Watford and West Brom, move him out before week 30. Uh, and then probably move back to someone else. Maybe mm-hmm. if you've like built up enough money, if the players you bought are on the rise, if you earn money that way, maybe then you, you move into him. But So this is, this is my question to you. So I've already said I, I think it's a decent move in the short term. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's worth taking a minus four to swap with a Gallo 
meaning that I could make the moves I want next week instead of two weeks from now. Um, you you still currently own roster Agalu? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd probably Agalu's not doing anything by sitting on your bench if you're not going to play him. He still gives you that capability, but the price tag is cheap enough that he's a cheap option on your bench. Um, so, I mean, it all comes down to how you want to manipulate your roster. Would you have five midfielders or four defenders that would you would trust over Igalu to play? Yeah, I currently have both. Right now, my team is lined up in a 4-4-2 because Della Ali is probably not going to start. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'd have a fourth defender who I'd feel confident in and a fifth midfielder that I'd be more confident in. Yeah, And, and you're so already- if he's just sitting on the bench, your point is he's just wasting money. So the yeah. question is, is the ratio of wasted money to minus four points worth it for a player like Rashford, who's no sure thing to continue this form? No, I would just, I would just let him hover on the, hover on the bench for yeah, a while. And he's not hurting. He's not doing anything. Because on the off chance that somebody doesn't play, it's not like a, there's, you're basically taking a gamble by trying to bring in Rashford. And he may score another goal. He may not. But Igalo's going to sit on your bench, and he's a proven scorer, but he has, he's just blanking since week 20. Oh, he had so many opportunities at the weekend that he just you know, fluffed. Yeah, it was yeah. so frustrating to watch. It's, it's just he's, he's scuffling right now. It's, it's a great term to, to use for Igalo. But you have to look at the, the price tag that he's costing you. Could you bring in another option that is going to give you the same kind of return if you used him on a substitute you know, insertion? You know, That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You'd have to have somebody who is – basically trust more or gamble on more. But if you're gambling on somebody else, you're probably going to start them over somebody else on your team and put them in. Like, there's no way that you're bringing in Marcus Rashford right now and you're not going to gamble and say, you know what, he's going to sit on my bench now because you're going to play him over over your fifth midfielder or your fourth defender. If you don't, I don't understand why you're, you brought in Marcus Rashford to begin with and yeah, that's why we're back to the whole Gallo thing. Yeah. So I would probably just sit on a Gallo. You yeah. know, you already you already own Vardy and Kane up top. I do not have Vardy. I have Aguero and Kane up top. Yeah. So bring in Vardy for. Yeah, I, I have a three week plan to get Vardy in, and also yeah, it gives I me had... time to see if I actually like him because he has not exactly been on fire since that kind of two match, what looked like Renaissance. Okay, so uh, excellent points from you there. I will take it under advisement. Uh, anything else we should talk about before we hit start sits? Uh, I mean, we could we could talk about the risk of bringing in an Everton or Liverpool Liverpool player for the two weeks before they blank. You know, yeah. my, my advice my advice to people is um, bring in people that can get you points the entire time. That don't blank. There's plenty of options out there. There's Stoke midfielders, Arnautovic, you know, Shakiri, somebody of that you know playability where they're not blanking in two weeks. I wouldn't waste a transfer, especially if you don't have a wild card in your in your in your kitty. Definitely do not invest in another player that you have to cover for in two weeks. That is my best advice for anybody thinking about if, that it's already shipped out Barkley, Firmino, Coutinho, and they, they're thinking about bringing someone of the, some of those teams. Yeah, I saw Firmino teams. was being brought in as soon as this match week was over and the blank was gone. Yeah. They're just like, guys, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm all for it. I mean, those three guys are going to be staple items when they – because those guys all have double-double weeks. Yeah, and when that happens, yeah, it'll be most of the most going to be captain. in the hundred percent, and, and most be. of them have good double game week matches. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so my my advice to people is I I've seen this this question bouncing around you know Twitter and people saying what what should I do and who should I bring in, but I would probably advise everybody to wait on Everton and Liverpool players. I know I know it's tempting because Everton has an excellent matchup this week. They're playing Villa, and Liverpool has a, has a pretty decent fixture themselves. I mean. 
they're probably going to score against City. I don't think they're going to blank blank. But, you know, those guys have been doing uh, fantasy well for rosters, especially Firmino. Coutinho just came back and scored two goals. You know, so people are looking at them as, like, viable options. But I think they're blanking on the, the future of their roster by bringing anybody from those two teams in. Yeah, I definitely think it's a poor choice. And I'll talk a little bit more about Barkley here in a little bit. Um, may as well head into start sits then. Just kidding. Uh, here's a break. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I bet you, yeah, I bet you the suspense was just killing you. Uh, at that exact moment, you were like, "Oh, what's what's gonna happen? What's, what's going on? Do I have I time know, for a kick? Do I have time for a Kit Kat? Oh, dude, you're gonna wait. What is that tagline? Breaking? No, that's Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim. Break into a Kit Kat. Kit no Kat, idea. the snack that smiles give back. Me, give me a break. Fish. Give me a give me a break. Oh yeah, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Give me a break with Neil Carter. <laughs> By the way, we aren't sponsored to talk about candy bars, but if any candy bar companies are listening, we will take your money and eat your candy to talk about candy. Totally. <laughs> um, all I right. Got diabetes. I got the diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. I got the diabetes. Um, what's that guy's name? It's on in those commercials. Yo, get your diabetes supplies. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wilfred Brimley. There it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, so for start sits for me. Uh, I really like Autobayor this week against Sunderland. I know Palace have been awful lately, but I assume Pardew. Will have learned his lesson of not starting Balassi, as they were awful in the first half, brought on Balassi, and then pulled two goals back. Um, and Palace have sent in the second most crosses this season, so Ade should have plenty of opportunities to turn the ball into the net, especially facing literally the worst defense in the league with 51 goals allowed. Uh, it's a shame that Shane Long picked up a knock in their match against Chelsea. Uh, good win by you guys, by the way. I always mm-hmm. talk about Tottenham all the time. Chelsea have been on a pretty nice run here. Um, but if Shane Long hadn't picked up a knock, I would have loved him this week. He's quietly having a very, very good season. I think he's up to 10 goals now. Um, I suppose you could, you could shift that to Charlie Austin. I mean, the yeah. matchups are still pretty nice. I think it's Bournemouth and Sunderland, but, uh, I really wanted to talk about Shane Long and then I did, uh, but it's not helpful because he's probably not playing midweek here. Uh, and then uh, New- Newcastle and Stoke have both surprisingly been awful the last five. Well, maybe one of those is surprising. <laughs> Stoke have not been terrific uh, over their last five. But the problem is, I don't know who's going to start up front for either of these teams. If I had to guess, Perez and Walters, I guess. But there's every possibility that one or both of those guesses is wrong. But if you are in a format where you can wait a little bit, if you can wait till lineups are announced... I think both both sides have a pretty decent chance at, at getting on the score sheet. Uh, I don't know if this is home or away. So is this going to be a match where uh, Wijnaldum matters? It's he's away, and he's he'll he'll be in my sits. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Easy peasy uh, for midfield. Uh, I know a lot of people already cashed out on him. We talked about him in the open there. Uh, but if you held on to Barkley, it was for this game. 
against Aston Villa, who boasts the worst goal difference in the league. Barkley has two goals, three shots on target, seven chances created, and 11 successful take-ons in his last three matches. So I, I really like what he brings to the table this week. Uh, that having been said, please immediately sell him after this week. Uh, not just because of the reasons that you mentioned there, uh, Rob, but because his next six weeks after this one go West Ham, blank, Arsenal, United, Watford, Southampton. Over the next five weeks, he plays five of the top seven defenses in the league and misses a week. You don't want any part of that at all, <laughs> even a little bit. After all of that's over, maybe match week 35 against Palace, and then he's going to start getting his doubles. Maybe then you, you, you think about it, and he's probably a good option then, but he's about to hit a horror period. Um, for defenders, I, I've i mentioned before on the show, sometimes I just get weird gut feelings. I'm, I'm two to one thus far on things going my way with those. And for some reason, I think Cedric is going to do something this week. I know they've been playing some wackadoo, crazy, out-of-hell formation <laughs> over at Southampton, uh, and he hasn't been getting forward nearly as often. I, I don't know. I just think there's something there this week. Um, but in terms of team defenses, I like Southampton, Leicester, Arsenal, United, and to a lesser extent, Stoke, but I, I think you could easily see them conceding one. Yeah, all good choices, Kev. You're doing well. I like him. I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror a lot of these. A lot of these. I'll start up top. Uh, you you mentioned about Palace and how you like you know uh, Adebayor. Uh, I'm gonna go with Connor Wickham. Um, Wickaldinho. Uh, you know when when he's healthy, I mean you've had this conversation several times that he looks the part of a competent striker. Yeah. Last week he looked competent. You know, Pardew has definitely learned his mistake from. I know Balassi isn't a hundred percent fit, or that's what that's what he was saying. He couldn't go a whole ninety, so he'd rather have him at the end of the game rather than the beginning of the game. But they they lead the league in crosses, correct? That's what you said. Sorry, do what? Palace lead the league in, in crosses, correct? Yeah, uh, second, second. Sorry, second, second in crosses. Yeah. You know, from if they start out with Balassi in last week's game, uh, I can see that that result completely being different to me. Uh, that's just me, only because I think uh, West Brom completely brought their defenders up and was just completely just pounding away on Crystal Palace, and they had nobody to stretch the field. Uh, so Connor Wickham is my, my call for, you know, for forward this week and a start. If somebody's looking for a, a, a secondary or a guy that maybe somebody that to look at as a good gamble, how about Danny Welbeck? Uh, I, think he's, mm. I think he's pushing Ali Giroud for, for playing time, and I think it's probably going to be a, you get 70, I get 20, you get 20, I get 70 kind of thing. So it might be a, like a guessing game, like the uh, Spurs defensive kind of thing. But from from a perspective, Danny Welbeck scored a, a nice little goal to keep Arsenal in the game against United. Um, so I think he's growing with confidence. And I think Wenger likes playing Welbeck because he's different than Giroud. So yeah, that's, he's more that's what I have there. Yeah, absolutely. Completely dynamic. And he fits better with the dynamic players around him, like the Ultos and the, and the Sanchez. Uh, through midfield, listen... Everybody wants a, wants a midfield that's not going to miss a week. I've been saying that since the beginning of the podcast. You don't want to bring in people who are going to blank. That's why I'm off of the Barkley, off of the Liverpool, you know, Coutinho, Firmino, double. You know, uh, everybody's probably buying into the, the Marco Sharko love this week because he, he, of the nice brace he scored. But why don't you look in the shadow of him and, and the, little, the little Coke machine who passes the ball well on the wing and, and Zerdan Shakiri? His ownership is one7 Price, 6.4. He's basically scoring about on par with what Arnautovic is doing. 
but at a discount and at a, at a roster differential. So that's for me is awesome. And like I said, Stoke does not have a blank week. So he's somebody you can pencil in every time. And, and if you don't have to worry about transferring him back out, because he's probably going to get you at least three points every week. So you're not getting a zero. Uh, on defense, I, you know, I, I like that you called out Southampton, and I'm going to stick with them too, but I'm just going to go with the, uh, the least-owned guy who plays the most, and Ryan Bertrand. Yeah. Uh, his price tag's 5.3. Ownership in real football, he's been awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But and, uh, in a team concept, like Southampton plays for defense, he's a guy that you can look at. I know he's not going to get you much else besides the clean sheet thing, but guess what? That's what you're going for when you have a defender because you, if you bank on a defensive goal like Craig Dawson or, or like a Scott Dan header every week, you're, you're doing it wrong. Basically, you're playing the clean sheet you know, roulette with defenders. And Southampton has a, has a good matchup at Bournemouth this week. Uh, you know, they've got set where they got seven out of eight clean sheets. Mm. So it's, it's a good investment. And once again, they don't blank. And their next three, Bournemouth, Sunderland, Stoke. So, I mean, yeah, that's somebody you, you can invest in for multiple weeks from a Southampton defender. Uh, I would probably say investing in three back players from Southampton, either two defenders like a Font and then a Bertrand or and a Fraser Forrester. Those are the three guys that I would look at to stack up my team that I don't have to worry about transferring in and out, especially with the blank weeks coming up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we don't so. disagree enough. No, we do. We do. But you know what we, you know what we always disagree is when it's off the air and we're like having knockdown drag out. Or, no, but you know what? I'm not an argumentative person, so I just mm. keep talking and talking and talking. Because, you know what? I'm not going to disregard your good comment, your good points, and say, oh, my points are better, and then hang up the phone. Because I'm not like... Oh, yeah, well, I think your points are better. They See, are. man, I was trying to draw you in, and you just wouldn't sit, do it. You're too nice of sit. a guy. Fine. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm just going to jump right into my sits then, because I'm just such a nice guy. Fine. So start at the back. <laughs> It's 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 about time to start shipping out West Ham players, even Payet. Not yet, but Payet is probably going to go in two weeks because they have a blank. So you're going to have to have to rely on multiple players because there's going to be too many unplayable options to the midfield for you to be like, well, if I keep Payet and bring this guy in, you probably have three or four midfielders on your roster that are probably blanking in the same week. So, But in defense, Aaron Cresswell, game against Spurs, I don't trust him. His ownership is 5.7. Uh, ownership is 12.3, price 5.7. That, there's no roster differential there for you to even keep him, so I would probably shift him to somebody from Southampton or somebody to Leicester. Neither team blanks in the next three weeks. You're you're good to go. Through the midfield, Kevin mentioned it before, Newcastle. Guess where they are? They're on the road. Jorginho, sorry, buddy. I know he's being looked at because the Newcastle has a, a okay schedule. They're not awful. It's decent, you know, but guess what? He has a away game and then a whole game and an away game. So you can't roster him consecutively and trust him. He has two games over five points all year on the road. That's not good at all. Forward-wise, we talked about it before about what we sh- what Kevin should do with with Odion Igalu. You know, I love this guy since since week one. I've had him since week one. He was my guy. Yeah, you, coming you, into the preseason. you pimped him at the uh, ranking I, summit I, we had I, in New York. I pimped him a month before the season started and said, "This is going to be the guy." Yeah, well, everybody was on Dini. You're like, "What about Igalu, though?" Yeah. And I'm glad everybody pushed for Dini, and then I can get a Galo seven rounds later in a draft. That's fine. Yeah. But oh, do you have him in our draft league? No, uh, I have him, I have him in the auction league. Oh, I, fair I, enough. I'm in an auction league. Yeah. By the way, I'm expecting an invite to that next year. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely come. <laughs> but for my own roster, I just so we'll cover tra- we'll cover my own transfer this week too with this with this commentary here. 
I actually transferred out of Gala. This is the first time he's not been on my roster since week one of this season. That's awesome. I, tra- I transferred Ogalo to Vardy. I had to do it. Funny thing about Ogalo is he's owned more than, than Sergio Aguero, and he's still the fourth owned forward. Based, it's got to be based on price because there's no other reason that people should be rostering. Well, yeah, I tried exactly to- what's happening on my team where I always have worse issues to deal with. And yeah, the other strikers that are around him, he's still the best of that 6.0 group. Mm-hmm. But his price is low enough that it's hard to bump up to the sevens with just one move. Absolutely. And, you know, it pains me because, you know, he has the, he has the bill and he's just scuffling lately. And I, 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 he'll probably be back on my roster again because we've, we've talked about it a couple times. Aguero's schedule towards the end of the season is god-awful. So if people are chasing points in their mini-leagues, that's probably somewhere where people are going to be looking to downshift money to go to a cheaper option who's had some ability this year and then yeah. and re- so, reallocate. And to your point, uh, during that horror stretch for Aguero – uh, Agalo's last four, Norwich, Aston Villa, Liverpool, and Sunderland. So you love three of those four and you like the other one. Well, for a second there, I sound like I think I know what I'm doing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm explaining it to people. You had the amazing idea. I'm just I'm the maker of dreams. I'm done with my sits, man. It's, it's on your turn now. You know, I can't keep talking forever and ever and ever. And make all the good points and having you go, we never argue enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, for all of you listening at home, you're like, wow, that was a weirdly long silence. Uh, that's because we're not editing this one to get it out to you as soon as possible since we're on such a tight window here. Um, my uh, sits are kind of similar to yours. Um, not up front, though. I loved the Berahino scored at the weekend. And I love him as much, nay, more than the next guy. But now is not the time to buy in in the official game. Their next three, Leicester, Manchester United, and Arsenal, ranked 7th, 3rd, and 2nd in goals allowed. I do think Berahino becomes very interesting starting match week 31. And if he does score against one of those, then you'll be even more confident getting into there. Another situation where you like him a little bit more down the stretch. In midfield, I agree with you with West Ham midfielders. Uh, which makes me sound a little bit of a Spurs homer. Uh, well, you know that and basically everything I say when I open my mouth. But uh, I don't think that this match on the whole is going to be good for fantasy. West Ham will probably score once, but probably not twice. And like the Watford forwards last week when other people did still love them. See, that's the thing we disagreed on. Um, I didn't like the Watford forwards last week. Uh, you don't know where those points are coming from this week with this West Ham midfield. They do have Lanzini back, and this is their best three behind the striker. But I, I don't know. It, considering West Ham have Tottenham, then Everton a blank in Chelsea, I don't know just how much you can expect from them. Like, I wouldn't captain them for sure. Uh, and I agree that you, you can only have so many. This is the first week where it's a, a positive for me to not have ever jumped in on Utzel. Because if people have Utzel, Payet, and Barkley, your point about having to probably drop Two of them is well made. I fortunately have avoided that situation, but just don't expect much from your West Ham guys. And if you do already have two West Ham midfielders like Antonio and Pyatt, you probably want to trim down to one, Um, which, you know, if you're coming from a budgetary point, probably should be Pyatt. Uh, If you're going from an overall ability point, you probably want to keep Pyatt in there. Uh, And as we mentioned, Della Ali probably out for this one, which makes the Tottenham situation really hard to break down. It's just not going to be a good one. I think a lot of people are going to be frustrated with this result. 
Um, in defense, I don't like City or Liverpool defenders, the majority of whom are still owned in far too many leagues. Uh, and also a friendly Spurs reminder that Trippier and Davis will be starting this one, so leave your walkers and roses at homes. Also, this is the closest Everton will ever get to keeping a clean sheet. Um, so take that uh, if you still have them for whatever reason, and then immediately sell them, please. Uh, all right, so heading into uh, our 65 million pound challenge, which we have going with the Anfield Index Fantasy Football Show, things went well for us, Rob, and in large part because I listened to you, and the only reason it wasn't better is because I didn't 100% listen to you. Uh, we got 15 points from Marco the Sharko, 11 from Antonio, 9 from Christian Fuchs, end the week with 54 points. I believe the overall average was just 33. Is that right? I don't actually know. Hold yeah, on. we didn't have time to do stat work because we kind of just threw this together. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's about 20 over the, the average. 30, from last 30, 33 was the thing. So yeah, we, hit it, we beat it by 21 <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for that team. By the way, my actual team got 33. Not a good week. Um, yeah, I, I basically got exactly what our team did. I got 53. So. <sighs> and, I, the... and I sat Arnonovic. Oh, oh, oh gut-wrenching. Yeah, no, my, my week was poor. Um, never mind. We'll get into that in a sec. 65 million pound challenge. Um, now, as you know, we don't get to make any changes to our team this week. We got three last week. We brought in Mares, Fuchs, and Butland. Butland was my call. was a mistake. Uh, Fuchs ended up being three times better than Mares. Like I said, end on 54 points. We don't get to make changes. What we do get to do is triple captain a defender from their team. They've already sent in their nomination against us. We will be triple captaining Kevin Vimmer. Uh, against West Ham, which could very easily be just six points. Um, but we get to pick theirs. We're picking from Aaron Cresswell, Patrick Van Anholt, Craig Dawson, and Scott Dan. Where's your heart leaning, man? You know, I, I just trashed Cresswell in the, in the sit call, in the sit part of our program. Um, you know, I don't trust West Ham defense against Spurs. I don't think they keep it clean, and that's basically what we're shooting for. We don't want them to keep it clean. I, I Van Einel has too much of a offensive going forward prowess. Dawson, the same thing. He could luck into a good set piece like he did this week. Mm-hmm. Which it wasn't luck. It was actually a brilliant take. It was. Uh, uh, Scott Dan, they're they're play, they, you know, Dan, Dan, it's like one of those weeks that Dan could score against Sunderland. Yeah. Um. So so to me, it, it's it's Cresswell easily for me, only because they're playing the best team. Um. And the other guys, all two of the guys have better offensive prowess moving forward in Van Einholt and Dawson. And Dan has one of those fixtures where, yeah, he could probably score, but you know, it just looks like one of those weeks that he probably has like a ten percent better chance to score against Sunderland. Mm. So I'm going, I'm going with Cresswell. That's interesting. I know I complained about not arguing, uh, but here we go. Even though last week I talked us out of points, um, Craig Dawson against Leicester. I mean, he's not keeping a cleanie. For, for my taste, although Leicester have been struggling a little bit in attack, you would have expected a lot more against Norwich. Just thoughts on that versus, because you're thinking none of them, you're, in your mind, you're saying none of them are keeping clean sheets. Cresswell is the least likely to score, is basically where your breakdown. The, yeah, none, none of these are going to be clean games from my perspective. Yeah. Um, but I think Cresswell has the least amount of goal scoring ability out of the three. Like he could and get it, an assist, but. Yeah, but anybody can get an assist. You know, True. I mean, so yeah. Let's flip. Let's right. flip. You want, I'm, you I'm want to flip gonna, a coin? No, I'm just, just going to listen to you because last week it burned us. 
You want to go Rochambeau? Well, Rochambeau? <laughs> no, I'm going to just go with you so that either I'm right and get to take the moral high ground, or I'm wrong and uh, then we're even. So Nice. <laughs> That's where I'm going. And uh, also, we do have a... I don't know, what's 122 minus 97? 122 minus 97, that's 25 point lead. Alright, so yeah, we, we, we got some room in here. Okay, so so if they got a goal from uh, Cresswell, somehow. be 18 points plus whatever the game plus is. Plus, he'd get a bonus, probably. So it'd be 24, that's probably the max. Yeah, it? so it's his 24. max doesn't make up the ground. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. That was very well reasoned by us. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, all right, so now into our teams. I mentioned uh, how much I like Cedric this week. Again, this is just like my Yaya Toure call from back in the day, and then later the Sigurdsson, which were the two good ones. I don't even remember the one I got wrong. I just remember the third time I was like, this is my call for the week. It was probably Willian or something, and then it didn't work. Um, but I love Cedric this week. Brought him in for Crezzy, a.k.a. Cresswell. Um Obviously, Cresswell has the tough matches and the blank in his future. Uh, I considered using my wild card to get Vardy in, but after, like I said, that, that kind of two-match renaissance, he's looked a bit less convincing. And like I said, I'd have to make three moves to get him in, which would mean either burning my wild card or taking a minus eight, neither of which really seems worth it at the moment. I, like we were saying, I could go minus four for a striker since Igalo is awful, and by awful, I mean is getting loads of chances but just barely missing. Um, and so maybe somebody like Rashford is a good idea, but, uh, like you said, I think I'll probably just sit on him, bank my point eight, uh, deal Barkley next week, then pile that money up and then probably bring in Vardy, uh, for match week 30. Um, but who knows by then the, the whole landscape will probably be different. But the point is I do have this three week plan to get people out while we're talking about future moves. We've been advising people to keep holding on to all their crisps. When do you think mm-hmm. people should start dishing those out? Um, you know, if you're holding on to your triple captain, your triple captain, uh, token next week is probably the best matchup left in my opinion for the one guy that you're going to triple captain, not on a double week. If you're not going to use your, your captain, your triple captain on a double week, week 29, Sergio Aguero plays Aston Villa. Yeah. This, this to me is his best game. The remainder of the year he's at home. Playing a Villa squad that is just awful. They ship tons of goals. And they struggle with pace. Like of all things that they struggle with, which is many things. Yeah. His so, pace and playing off the back line. Julian so yeah. Lescott, unless he's in that new card that he tweeted about, is going to yeah, struggle. Absolutely. And uh but to me, if if you're looking for a differential play and you don't want to you want to save your all out attack and your bench boost for the double weeks in thirty four and thirty seven, so you have one in each, and then you're gonna have you'll have another week, a non game, non double game week where you have the triple captain. You have to use it somewhere. So this to me looks like the best playable option from the rest of the season from somebody that you would actually anoint the triple captain. Aguero versus Aston Villa. I don't even have his career stats against Aston Villa. I'm sure he's probably scored over ten goals <laughs> against them probably. Yeah, but that to me, if you're looking, if you're planning out your thing and saying, "All right, week 34, I have this, this, and this. I'm going to use my all-out attack." Okay, good. Week 37, I have these three guys, this guy, and I'm going to bring in a transfer guy. Okay, I'll use my bench boost. Fine. But then, when are you going to use your triple captain? The last week of the year, when, and and it might be a, a roster gamble play, when, and then you'll have to play. Oh, you know, Sergio Aguero is playing Swansea the last game of the year, so I guess I'll use that use that for there, or you know. 
it to me, I'd like. I mean, the season is still ten weeks, ten weeks old. So you still got ten more weeks. So anything can happen. Somebody can get hurt, and it can completely just you know bamboozle your whole plan. Yeah. But the, the plan right now for everybody is, you, you you need two chips for two weeks, and you have three. So you have to use a third one somewhere because there's not going to be another thir- another game another double week unless something happens something dramatically happens like an earthquake or you know zombie attack uh, i don't know like <laughs> it's another another 28 days later because that that happened in that happened in england yeah, or a purge something like that oh yeah purge anarchy there you go <laughs> um but but yeah so i mean from that standpoint you have two double game weeks to to play and if you haven't used any of your chips you have three so you got to err on the side of the question of when the best time to use it is. I mean, Kev, is there a better is there a better matchup on paper right now than Aguero versus Aston Villa to use a triple captain? I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find one. Uh, you especially because you said to exclude double game weeks because that double game week with Newcastle in it, mm-hmm. I'm sure will be a pretty pretty tempting one. But I think the point is, is you either do your all out attack. Uh, yeah, or, so or some other crisp that week. So in terms of single game weeks against a really awful opponent, yeah, see, yeah th- this is see, a pretty good call. I would rather I'd rather use my all out attack and bench boosts for the double game weeks because you, you're you telling get me multiple sir? players. And I know yeah. that one of the things that we've talked about before on this show was uh, a good idea would be to use your wild card one week to mm-hmm. build it for a bench boost or all out attack the mm-hmm. next week, mm-hmm. so that you you have the players there that you're confident with playing all of them at once. And uh, I'm sure people have, wish we'd be more specific uh, about their teams, but we don't know who you have and yeah, who you'd absolutely. be wanting. But assuming that you get all the players that you want in on your wild card, because that's the point of it. Uh, and, yeah, and three Liverpool, all the people, three Everton. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. Three Liverpool, three <laughs> Everton, and then go from there. Yeah, and United are going to weirdly have extra time. So if one of those guys starts being consistent, if Rashford starts being awesome... If Martial and Depay start really clicking, those are guys also worth taking a look at if you're going to do that later down the road. But um, yeah, no, it, I, I think it, was it definitely goals. comes up to the point of you know you just said, are you going to are you going to triple captain Aguero in a double game week where he's going to you think he's going to outscore your eight attacking players? For, <laughs> right. And it, and if <laughs> you, and you can set those up where all those guys have double game weeks. So yeah. Can Sergio Aguero as a triple captain on a double game week outscore eight guys? On a double game week. Right. And it's not three times more than one. And, it's just and, a third more because if you could just normal captain him. Yeah. And you'll, or, and you'll be able to captain another player. Still. All that attack. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I think the best play to do is, and this, I've been, this has been my plan all along. I have my actual transfers scheduled out until week 30 right now. So my plan is to triple captain Sergio Aguero next week. I might, might Another plan is I'm transferring Aaron Cresswell next week. I've already made my move this week. It's a Gallo to Vardy. Next week is Cresswell to, to either Jose Font or VVD from Southampton. And then the week after for game week 30 is I'm, I'm just rolling with, with uh, Adrian and goal from, from Spur, uh, for uh, West Ham. And then I'm transferring him to Forrester. So I'm set at goalie. I'm set at defense. I'm set at midfield. And I'm set at forward until game week 34. I'll have two transfers by then. I could use my wild card the week after week, game week 34, set myself up completely for double week game 37, and then just coast the rest of the way. Love that it. Is, that is my complete – if anybody's in my mini leagues and you want to compete against me and completely <laughs> block what I'm doing, you're welcome to it. So, Just pick different players. You, you didn't tell people uh, 
exactly who you bring it in. So, you so I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring in the Moscow Mule on. Uh... <laughs> uh, um, okay, so uh, last thing we're gonna do here, Captain Choices. Uh, for me, it's a bit of a tough one this week. I, I have it on Barkley at the moment. I said I, I think he has a good week. Uh, and the stats do back that up, weirdly. Usually I say things that the stats don't back up. Um, but it does roll against my, if you have Aguero, captain him mantra. Um, I don't know, we'll see. It, I, I'm I'm honestly really thrown by what's going to happen in Man City versus Liverpool, the rematching. Because they just saw each other. I, I, don't know, I don't know how that's going to impact things. And I don't like that I don't know how that's going to impact things. The safe play for me is Barkley. Probably the right play is Aguero, and I hope that at some point my mind wins over my heart, and I realize I should probably just captain Aguero and roll with it from there. Who are yeah. you looking at? Um, to me, it's you know since I brought in Vardy, Vardy's looking very attractive, but I don't I don't think I'd captain him. Mares as well. They're you know they're playing West Brom. Um, I'd probably look for something. That, I mean, Aguero is always tempting. He's playing Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. They're not the cleanest. Folk. And no Saka. The yeah, head absolutely, absolutely. You know, I may look for a different option that might not be captained everywhere. How about a Mesut Ozil versus Swansea at home? Mm. Gunners are Gunners are need a big win at home. I think I think they could win this game two three away from what Swansea's going to put up. Swansea's got nothing going forward that Arsenal can't counter. But you know, Ozil to me could be that differential captain this week. He, he'll probably be in the top five captained overall, but there's so many other options that people will rely on better this week, like Mares, Vardy, Aguero. But I probably it'll probably be between Ozil or Aguero for me. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, quickly, um, who do you think wins the Premier League title right now? Um, it I'm on the I'm on the ABS theory. Anybody but Spurs. Okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, you know, I I I've kind of I kind of want Leicester to win it. Um, I don't know if they have the horses. They have the schedule. The schedule is definitely in their favor. Oh, now. Conte missing the next two weeks is a lot bigger than a lot oh, of people huge. realize. It's, yeah. it's huge. It's huge. You know. The, the Although this is why they bought Inler. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not. They bought Inler to be what Conte has been. Yeah, and Conte absolutely. to be his backup. Yeah, but. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, looking at Leicester's schedule right now. I mean, is there one game that they won't that they could lose? I mean, I'm looking at. West Brom, Watford, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Sunderland, West Ham, Swansea, United, Everton, Chelsea. Yeah, those last three. And this is what I said. What, what was that old run that they went on uh, that was against it was like Arsenal, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, and City? It was, oh, it was, it was the three. It was the other three in the four. Mm-hmm. They played Arsenal, City, and Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, no, no. You're right. We played them in January. What the hell am I talking about? Yeah. Anyway, they had a tough run. Yeah, the yeah. other one was Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're but, right. But the, their last three games are at United and home versus Everton. But away, that doesn't really away to and then, Chelsea. Yeah. And then at Chelsea. I mean, but if if they're coming down to the season and they're five points clear there, if they win at Everton, it's over. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to stall you for a sec. We were trying to keep this one a little shorter. Um, but let me get out my, my kind of title chase spreadsheet I, I mentioned a while ago. Uh, that might not have been on this show because that would have been a weird thing to mention. Arsenal have the easiest last four mm-hmm. with Sunderland, Norwich, and Villa. Um, Tottenham face teams that they shouldn't be scared of, but tough defenses from a fantasy mm-hmm. standpoint. Uh, with United, Stoke, West Brom, Chelsea, Southampton as five of the last six, which you don't love. United are out of it, so that doesn't really matter. So yeah, out of the big teams, City have Chelsea, Stoke, Southampton, and Arsenal. Awful. Yeah, you don't love that. 
So yeah, I mean, other than Arsenal, if Arsenal are second mm-hmm. and Leicester are five points up, it's still a race. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you know, our man, God, I really hate that. Arsenal are going to be out of the Champions League, which means they're going to. Mm, I just have a feeling they're going to do that annoying crap that they did the year when they lost to Bayern, mm-hmm. and all the Spurs fans celebrated when we were comfortably in third. Well, the one and good they thing they didn't that- lose for the rest of the year. You know, I think it looks like City might be the only English team to move on in the Champions League. Right. It looks like that way to me. You know, I mean, Chelsea's going to struggle at PSG, at PSG at home. And know, they seem to be the ones falling behind. It feels mm-hmm. like it's Leicester and Tottenham, space, Arsenal, space, City. City, yep. Yeah, uh, and uh, people did ask me, and the reason why I'm not telling you what I think is because everybody would hate me, both Spurs and non-Spurs fans alike. But Spurs fans that think that we can win the title have to wait until after Sunday. Saturday? Saturday. Because the Arsenal match will likely determine what happens for the rest of the season. Uh, Especially with Dortmund coming up where we might see some rotations that fantasy players will not enjoy. Mm -hmm. uh, Where we'll probably play our best team in Europe. Yeah, I think it's kind of a test for Champions League potentially next year. I agree. Week 29 is the the biggest week for for regular football. The winner of the Spurs-Arsenal game is basically the only contender for Leicester, I think. Yeah. And if Leicester lose midweek without Conte for some reason, mm-hmm. then the pressure's on them. Then it looks like it's Arsenal and Tottenham for the title. Mm-hmm. And as much as I hate it, you, you saw it in the NFL playoffs this year. A lot of people overhype pedigree and mm-hmm. experience, but those type of games are the ones where it matters. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter against lesser teams. But Arsenal versus Tottenham to take first place favors Arsenal because they've been in those situations. Before. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Anyway, I'm done berating my own team. We're going to leave. Where can they find you, Rob? Uh, you can find me at razzball.com. That's R-A-Z-Z-B-A-L-L. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. You can find me on this podcast at the EPL Index. Uh, you can find me probably in my neighbor's tree taking good pictures. I'm a peeping Tom. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, around the, I'm all, around the, all around the map today. It I, seems I don't know. to me you'd be better at robbery. Robbery. <laughs> anyway, I'm Kevin DeVries at Kevrov on Twitter. Uh, you can't find any of my fantasy writings before this match week because I honestly forgot this would be an issue until Rob texted me this morning. Um, but usually they're at Playtaga and the Eaglespeak.com, both of whom uh, will be resumed after this match week. Um, also, you can listen to the EPL Roundtable. It goes up on Fridays and Mondays, and you can catch me on All In Sports Talk, where I'm their Premier League correspondent, and that goes up on Tuesday afternoons. Well, in the States. Um, Tuesday evening, I suppose, in England. All right, well, uh, we will catch you next week. Best of luck to your fantasy teams, and uh, hope you tune in. Oh, uh, I suppose we should have the Anfield Index guys back on for the yeah. Wednesday show. Should well, yeah, we do we... Wednesday or Thursday? Just Thursday. don't worry about when this is coming out. Yeah. Thursday, so we can we can gloat and pick what beer we want. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just have a show later this week. We'll tweet it out. Don't automatically expect it Thursday morning. (laughs) But anyway, like I said, best of luck with your teams, and we'll catch you next time. Hey!